I don't know how many years ago it's even been now when God began to impress upon me to read through the Bible every year. And uh, if you've read through the Bible, I'm telling you, when you start tromping through Leviticus, it's a long day. It's a long week or however long that is. (laughs) But I'm in numbers, and praise God, it's exciting now. And, uh, you know, the other part was so hard for me to understand. I even tell God every year, could you... Could you just make this a little more, you know, like uh, applicable to my life? But I felt like God said, I, I just told you to read it. You know, you just read it. And I found over time a lot of things that didn't make any sense to me. They make sense to me now. And so I encourage all of you, if you don't have a hunger to read the word on a regular basis, I can tell you how to have that happen. Ask God to give you a hunger for the word of God, and he will. He will because it's him speaking to you every single day when you open that book. And he'll find a way to speak to you no matter what part of the Bible you're in. At least that's what I've found. And over time, it just becomes, uh, I look forward, becomes a real uh, good part of my day when I get to read the word. And if I don't get to go read the word of God, really, uh, I feel like I forgot to do something that day. I don't feel that way about exercise yet. I'm working on it. And uh, other things that I've been told to do. But I do feel that way about the word of God. You know, there are some people who feel that way about exercise. You know, they feel like if they don't exercise, they've missed something. And I don't think that's a bad idea. I mean, because God called us to take care of the temple. So I, I believe God has a way of encouraging us to take care of us, ourselves, spirit, soul, and body. And tonight, we're going to feed our spirit. Are you ready? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you that this, this night, I, I, I know that every night that we share the word of God and every day, it's an important day. And those that are here are here by divine appointment. They need to hear. That's why we're here. But I, I pray tonight that every person will get a revelation of what's about to be shared. Every person will get a revelation of this message so that they can live fully fully in the kingdom of God in this earth. And we thank you for it in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. We'll turn to Galatians three with you, with me tonight. And we're going to be in Galatians chapters two and three. We will go a couple other places, but uh, if you have your Bibles, you might just want to stay there and look on the screen for the few other scriptures we're going to look at. Now I can get really excited when I teach this message. Uh, Every year, God just causes me to go back and look at my life, look at the word of God, and see how I'm doing in comparison with the word. The Bible says don't compare yourself to other people. But it does say that we are to, you know, like look into our own life, check out how we're doing. Check out, uh, am I living this part of scripture that God's really been speaking to me? Um, How many of you since Sunday have had a few opportunities to be oppressed? It should be happening. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, no. You see, it should be happening because God told you on Sunday how to get out of it. And I have never heard any message that God has preached that he doesn't then spend time working on that message in people's lives. The challenge is we think after Sunday, hallelujah, that's over. No, it just started. It'll be over next Sunday. Hallelujah, or whatever day God decides. Because when God gives his word, his word shines on darkness and brings light. And then people, you know, always start getting a little agitated. One way to bring about all of the challenges in a church in marriages is to hold a marriage seminar. And then immediately after that takes place, we have a lot of counseling opportunities. Why? (laughs) Because 
all the things that aren't right get stirred up. But that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. We don't want anything on the inside of us that's causing destruction. And so God on Sunday told us that he is the deliverer. And he gave us a really strong word on not being, uh, even being religious. I, I read an article this week, and they, they said, um, you don't want to just be churched. I thought that was really good. I think I'm going to start using that rather than religious because a lot of people start shaking when you say religious. But churched, you know, a lot of people are churched, but they're not walking in the revelation of who they are in Christ. Just because you're churched doesn't mean that you're walking in freedom. I mean, I wasn't walking in freedom, and I was churched a long time before I got free. And so tonight, as you hear this message, you may have to chuck some of your previous uh, teaching that you've had in order to grasp this. But I believe God is saying to us, you can walk in this revelation. And this is the revelation. You are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now, for some people, that would be, well, who do you think you are? I am a child of the living God. And they say, I know about you. And I say, so does God. And he still wanted me. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, there's a lot of people that can't receive that. They get out their law and they begin to read it. And we're going to look at it tonight. And I'm telling you, the law is no longer your tutor. If you know Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost on the inside of you is the one that will lead you and guide you. God said in Hebrews, Chapter 8, I will write the law in their hearts. And you have become a person who is ruled inwardly, not outwardly. And so as we read this, I want you to just ask God in your heart tonight, make this real to me. It says in in Galatians 3.29, if you are Christ's, turn to your neighbor and say, "Are are you? That means, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Then you are Abraham's seed. And, and, and according to the promise. Okay, everybody got that? Let's all say it together. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Okay, now I'm going to have her put up on the screen Romans 8, 16 and 17. The book of Romans, the book of Galatians, the book of Hebrews really are strong teachings on new covenant and, and what the new covenant means, the difference between the old covenant and new covenant. If you want a revelation of those things, you need to read those books. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And then in verse 17, it goes on and it says, and if children, then, then heirs, heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now, the suffering we suffer is the fight of faith to stay in that position of being joint heirs. Believe me, that is the fight of faith. And, uh, and God has been really revealing some things to me, and, and I'm, I'm not going to share them tonight. I'm going to be sharing them, though, as he gives me more revelation. But this is so important because if we're joint heirs with Christ, we are positioned in a place of prosperity. Now, I'm not talking just money. I'm talking health, wholeness, wisdom, understanding, uh, comfort, peace. I mean, we lack no good thing 
The Bible says it in Psalms. He, he will withhold no good thing to those who walk uprightly. And oftentimes we think that's just if we're always good. You know, we're doing an ad for Easter, and I just thank God for Corey. He's that person that the Old Covenant uh, talks about it to me that um, I think, I can't remember. I think it was Bezalel. I can't remember anyway. I won't say it. But it was, it was when God wanted to make the temple, and he said, I'm going to go get somebody, and I'm going to put in them the ability to do this. In other words, I'm going to give them gifts. I'm going to put within them, and this person is assigned to do the temple because they understand what I want done, and they'll hear me, and I've put within them. Everybody say, he puts within. So it's a gift from God that he gave, and if you read all of that, it's just phenomenal how this person came along, and God chose this person, and then began to just tell them, and they did the whole thing. And uh, so I went to Corey today, and I said, I I have this thing in my heart uh, for Easter, and when I got done, he goes, that's a video, not an ad, you know, uh, for the newspaper. <laughs> you know, that's why God brought him here, see, because he can figure out me. And so, uh, hallelujah. So I said, well, what I see is like, you know how that game went? He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. And then what I saw was when it got all done in the flower was, you know, the center of a daisy has like a, a round thing was like the crown, the thorns, which Corey had put in one of the ads he was working on. But then it was a cross. The center, when you got to the center of the daisy and all the petals were off, it was a cross. And so they were going, he loves me, loves me a lot, loves me. And then he really loves me because of the cross. Well, Corey said, that's a video. I said, oh, well, that's not the ad for the J&C then because they don't let you do videos. So he got busy and he came to me and said, what about... If now this is, this is that gift and talent. He said, what about if we, if, if I go get daisies and I get Ellie, Ellie's camera and we get purple paper, cause I want a purple, he said, and we'll, we'll pull the daisies off and I'll put uh, the, the end of it in someone's hands. There'll be one petal left, but the petals that fell off make a cross. You should see the ad. It's so cool. And it says, he loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. Then it says, He really loves me. That's Sunday's ad for Easter. Would you believe with me that people will see that? My husband said, why don't you just make it twice as big as it is? Tell the people to make it twice as big. Because that's what God says. But you know, the world is, he loves me. I was good today. He loves me not. I didn't do right. He loves me. He doesn't love me. Everybody say, that's the law. That's the law. And God's been speaking to me. Uh, the laws turn so many people away from me. We need the law to bring us to Christ. It's a tutor. And that's what we're going to read tonight. But the law, once we receive Christ, is in our hearts. And then we begin to live by faith, which gives us access to grace. Would you say grace? grace. So tonight, let's look at Acts 13. And this is just another scripture. And then we're going to get into this uh, book of Galatians Acts 13 therefore let it be known to you brethren and sisters that through this man that would be Jesus preached to you the forgiveness of sins let's go and by him everyone who believes is would you say that word justified from all things which could not be which could not be yes which could not be justified by the the law of Moses. So something is different 
about what we have and what the old covenant had. And we've been talking about this the whole time. So let's go over to Galatians chapter 2 and let's look at verse 15 and 16. And it says, we who are Jews by nature, this is actually Paul talking. Now he's, he's a little upset with Peter, but he and Peter finally come to agreement. And this is their agreement. We are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. Now justified, there is a legal term signifying to acquit or declare righteous. That is a supernatural word. It is a supernatural work. That justification. It says, we're not justified by the works of the law. Now, works are toil, occupation, enterprise, deed, task, performance, labor. It, it says it's something of the flesh. That's what works are in this particular area where we're looking right now. The works of the law. In other words, they couldn't, they could not be justified by the works of the law in the old covenant. Because they would just continually mess up and mess up in their own ability. And it goes on, it says, but by... But by what? By what? By faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by, justified by, okay, and that not by the works of the, now, now we've just read it again. Do you got that? We read it in the book of Acts. It says, we're not justified by the law. We're justified by faith. And then here it says, we're not justified by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. The justified is in that, in that scripture there three times, just in that one scripture. But if we, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners. Is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law died, died died. Everybody say died. died. Now see, this is, people don't have this revelation. I died to the law. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means that when you were born again, when you were born again and saved, you became a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You know, I just received a letter from Sharon Doherty and uh, it, she was just giving us some information, and, and it said in there, I, I'm very thankful for all of you and for your prayers. During the, the last three months since Billy Joe's passing from earth to heaven. You know, he didn't die spiritually. He didn't. He passed from earth to heaven. He, he transitioned but he was alive in the earth and now he's alive in heaven because that's why it says in, in first Corinthians 15, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Because once we know Christ, we're alive forever and we become dead to the law. Now this is very important because I'll show you in a few minutes what that means for your life. Dead. We died to the law that I might live to God. Now, and now let's go back to verse 13 and this is where it all starts. Uh, and, and it, Peter, uh, and, and Paul came to a, a disagreement and it says in verse 11, now, when Peter had come to Antioch, Antioch, I withstood him face to his face because he was to be blamed. He, he was hot with, with Peter that can happen sometimes between people who believe, but for before certain men came when James, he would eat, 
from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. Of the circumcision meant they were of the old covenant. And they, they would get their law book out and accuse people that they had to be like the law. How many, how many of you have ever been around someone who, who loves to, to point out where your mistakes are? See, the law becomes accusational if it's used in a wrong way. The law was to be a tutor to show us our need for God. That's what the Ten Commandments were for. Not to beat us over the head, but to show us you need, you need God in order to live the life you're called to live. And so he says, and the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite. Remember hypocrite we talked about on Sunday? The hypocrite. Do you remember that? About the woman that came and, and Jesus came and healed her on the Sabbath. And they got all upset with him. The religious people, the people who were of the law, they had a law. And so it says, so it's the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth, everybody say straightforward about the truth of the gospel. I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? What he was saying was, you're trying to make them live the way you don't live anymore because of Christ. That's why you don't live that way because he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. But you're trying to take these people and you're trying to make them live like what you don't live anymore because you've been set free and they're free. Everybody say, that's a hypocrite. That's a hypocrite. And that's what he was saying. They can't, you, you can't do that. And then he goes on to say, we who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am justified by faith. That's exactly what it says here. Now, if you look at verse, um, let's go back to 19. For I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. So you don't just die to the law. You have to live the other side of that, which is to live to God. Okay. So you're, you're being, you're, you're a new creation. You've let go, go of the old and you've taken on the new. That's why in Ephesians, it talks about the old man and the new man. Paul often talks about the old man and the new man. And so it goes on and says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Last verse, I do not set aside the grace of God. What does that mean? That means I do not ignore what has been done for me. The way I live with Christ living in me is by grace, not by the law. The whole book of Galatians is where the church, the church that came out of the book of Acts, that saw all the miracles, all the signs and wonders, suddenly is starting to go back and get under the law. Now, that happens all the time. All the time. It happens to people who have a disappointment in their life. Uh, today, God said to me, disappointment is far more dangerous than people know. Any kind of disappointment, the minute you take a disappointment, I didn't get the house I wanted. I, I really wanted that. I really wanted this. The minute you do that, you open the door for the devil to steal. That's what he said to me. Soon as a disappointment hits, if we 
even for a moment, take it. What we really are saying in the spirit is all things won't work together for good for me. And that's not true. All things work together for good for those who are called of God and love God. That's what it says in Romans 8. And so disappointment, a disappointment over anything says, I didn't get what I wanted. But is God in charge of your life? And see, what we have to do is even if it's something that someone else caused, we cannot take disappointment. Disappointment, he said, is the first step to destruction. It opens a door for the devil to come in. Well, it says here, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in. Christ died in. Now, you can read this in many other places. But Jesus died so that you could live. And he, he died so you could live by grace, which you access by faith. Now, I want to show you this in Romans chapter 5. If you put that up, you don't have to go over there. We can just look up here. It says the same thing in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. And, and, and if you want to read 5 and 6 and 7 and 8 of Romans, it'll help you. Therefore, having been justified by, justified by what? The law or faith? faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ it goes on to say through whom jesus christ and this justification through faith also we have access everybody say access access by faith into this into this in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of god isn't that good now, this is exciting if you can get a revelation of this. Because if God before you, who can be? Why? Because by faith, you have access to grace. And grace is unmerited favor. It is God's ability being in you and doing through you what you cannot be or do. Isn't that good? I'm glad I'm in the new covenant, folks. You know, I'm just, I am thrilled that I am in the new covenant. Look at verse Chapter 3, verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the, or by the hearing of? Did you receive Christ by the works of the law? Is there anything that, that that law did that made you who you are today? Absolutely not. Are you so foolish, having begun in the... Spirit, are you now being made perfect in the flesh? This next part is really exciting. Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it wasn't vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles. Everybody say miracles. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? When you walk by faith, you access miracles. Because you access grace. And grace is in a realm where miracles happen. Are you getting this? Now, I want to tell you who's the accuser of the brethren, that it would be the devil. And he always comes with his law book. And this is what you should say. If guilty, say, guilty, God, I repent. Don't talk to the devil. He can't help you. He can only accuse you. Repent immediately and get back in grace. Because we do have to stay obedient to the things of God to escape the work of the enemy in our lives. But sin has no dominion over us, the Bible says, because we walk by faith and not by 
sight. In other words, not the works of the law. Now listen to the next verse. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Very important next verse. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. Now Jesus really, uh, really spoke this very harshly in, in the John chapter 8 when he spoke to uh, the Jews and said to them, you say you're sons and daughters of Abraham, but I say you're the father, your father's the devil because you don't know who I am. And if your father was God, you'd know who I am. Everybody say that's pretty strong. Pretty strong. He was speaking to religion. He was speaking to people that were blinded. Why? Because he didn't want them to stay in that blindedness. But they refused because, oh, yes, we are because we're sons of Abraham under the law. And this is what Paul said. He said, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify, there's that word again, the Gentiles by Faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, For in you all the nations will be in you all the nations will be blessed. That was a faith statement. Abraham didn't even have a son. It was a faith statement. In order to go there, he had to go there by faith. Everybody say by faith. And so Abraham is the father of those who walk by faith and not by sight. Now, in the natural, he's the father, you know, of all of us. But when we connect to covenant, we connect by faith. Our covenant is a connection, connection made by faith. And so it says, so then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Let's go on. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the. So how many of you'd like to be under the old covenant? Raise your hand right now. Hallelujah. I don't want to be under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. It didn't say by the law. It says by faith. Yet the law is not of faith. But the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Didn't say he redeemed us. So that we don't have to, you know, we, we can say the law is not true. The law is true. And it is a tutor. It is a guide for those to know they have a need for God. Thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not. That is, that is God's law that he gave to Moses. And it, it was the law that eventually was fulfilled through Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It means that we're no longer under the law, but we are under faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. And that puts us in a position. It says that the blessing of Abraham, verse 14, might come on all the Gentiles. Now, unless you're of Jewish descent here tonight, you are a Gentile. In Christ Jesus, that we might receive the the promise of the Spirit through Now, where do we start tonight? And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the the promise. This is God's promise. This isn't man's. So let's go on and read. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls it or adds to it. Now, to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as one. And to your seed, 
who is Christ. Everybody say, Christ is the seed. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance, now there's a new word. Everybody say inheritance. inheritance. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have an inheritance. inheritance. Now this is important because you may think, well, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve all those things. No, you don't. You know, by your actions, you don't deserve it, but you do deserve it according to God because you're his child. He has made you sons and daughters, and he's made you join heirs with Jesus. And you didn't have to do anything. All you had to do was say, yes, I believe. I believe that that, that got you into this deal. And so he goes on and says, um, the inheritance is of the law. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer a promise. But God gave it to Abraham by by promise, by promise. What purpose then does the law serve? It, now, this is good. Are you ready? This is what the law was for. It was added because of the transgressions till the seed. Who's the seed? Till Jesus should come to whom the promise was made. And it was, an, it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. In other words, this law was only there until the seed came. Did the seed come? Yes. And so it says, now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, let me say that again. If there had been a law given, which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. Don't you think God would have rather done it that way? If there would have been a way to make you righteous, Chantel, don't you think God would have rather done that than give his son? Like if you could help somebody, you'd rather do that than give your son. So there was, God had to give his son to make us righteous. I tell you, that ought to cause us to love him every day. We shouldn't have to say, thou shalt love the Lord your God. We just should say, I love the Lord my God. Not thou shalt love the Lord thy God. See, we've changed covenants. Jesus said there's just two laws now. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Amen. So be it. Hallelujah. Why? Because we're under a different law. We are under a new covenant, and it's in our hearts. It's in our hearts. You know, even though those you don't like all those people, in your heart you really want to. <laughs> don't look so surprised. Hallelujah. That's true because in your heart lives Jesus. Read the scriptures. It talks about how we're supposed to live as believers. You know, we love people. Even they treat us mean. We don't even hardly notice if they offend us. I mean, that's what the word says. Hallelujah. Nobody's shouting now. (laughs) Okay. But the scripture has confined all under sin That the promise by faith in Christ Jesus might be given to those who believe. In other words, we were all sinners, just like it says. There is no, no, none righteous, no, not one. That's an Old Testament quote. But if you read Romans, it says, however, we have been justified by faith in Christ Jesus. In other words, under the law, we were all going to miss it. We were all held under that law that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a believer. believer. 
I'm a believer. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law. Aren't you glad that there was something, even if it was the Ten Commandments hanging on the wall that reminded you every now and then, don't do that. Amen? We were under guard. That means we were, we were in a position where we had something to remind us that's not the way you need to go. How many of you are glad for that? Now, you know, I wasn't always glad for the things my mother said to me not to do. But when I look back, that was her mercy. It wasn't because she just woke up and wanted to be mean to me that day, which is what I thought. Hallelujah. But that wasn't what it was. It was because she loved me. And, and that's why as parents, we have a responsibility with our children to make sure that we put a guard around them until they're old enough to make decisions. God put a guard around us to protect us until we came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then he said, okay, he's in you. Now you can, now you can go about your business. And when you screw up real bad, I'm going to be telling you about it. And you're going to know it right in here in your knower. How many of you know that's true? How many of you, your knower goes, don't go there. And you don't even have anybody else in the room. Amen. Hopefully we train children up so that when they get to a certain age and they begin to leave our home, they start recognizing that voice that is on the inside of them. And they recognize it as this is not me. I mean, this is not what I want to do, but there's something in me says this is what I'm supposed to do. This is how I'm supposed to be. This is how I'm supposed to act. And that's what God said. I put a guard and it says the guard by law kept for the faith, which would afterward be revealed. Once I knew Christ, something changed in my life. And this is what I believe changes. God's love goes on the inside of us. It says he sheds his love abroad in our hearts. And I thank God for what he did in my life. When he took me aside for a year and he said, I'm going to pour my love in you. And you're going to be so full, my love, it'll wash out everything else. He didn't come down and cast devils out of me, but he, I know how to do that. Hallelujah. If I have to. And sometimes I have to get a grip on myself. It doesn't hurt you to tell the devil to get out of your ear. You know, stop talking to me in the name of Jesus. But, but he filled me so full of his love that I didn't want to do those things anymore. Just the way it happened. I loved him so much I didn't want to do it. How many of you have ever felt that way about your parents? You know, I burned holes in my, in my skirts forever smoking when I didn't want to tell my parents. I did. You know, I'd be going up Broadway smoking on my way to band practice, and uh, I'd see somebody coming in a car, and I'd put my cigarette down and burn a hole right through my skirt. <laughs> and then I'd go home, and my mother would say, how'd you get that hole in your skirt? Uh, 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 Khaki's dad dropped his cigarette in my lap. She was so, I mean, I pulled that trick many times. You, my poor mother, believe me. My poor mother did believe me for a long time because I didn't want to disappoint him that I was smoking because I knew that would really make him, I mean, mad for one thing, but also it would, all make, it would be very disappointing that I was doing something like that. That's why when I would be going down the street, I would put my cigarette through my skirt and blow smoke out the window. Hallelujah. How stupid can you? <laughs> That's called Teenager. I mean, I would be, you know, you can't swallow the smoke. You choke to death. So, you know, put the cigarette down, burn my skirt, start a fire in the car and go and say, nobody's smoking in here. Hallelujah. <laughs> my girlfriend, she was bold. She just smoked and blew it right out the door and hung her cigarette out there. But me, I was chicken because I knew my parents would not like me to do that. I was always very convicted when I did things that weren't right. 
because I was raised by parents that, you know, they loved me so much. I mean, I was really blessed that I never wanted to hurt their feelings, think that I would do stuff like that. So where we are right here that I've got off track is that the law is a guard. Everybody say a guard. It's a guard. It's external guard. It's an outward force until we grow up with Jesus on the inside and begin to walk by faith and not by sight. And we hear that voice on the inside of us. Uh, Then it says, but after faith has come, we are no longer under the tutor. Could I read that again? But after faith has come, when does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes on the inside of you when you receive Jesus Christ. And you're no longer subject to the law, but you walk by faith and not by sight. And then it says in verse 26, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have put on Christ. Now, this is important. Important. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. This would be there's neither Methodist nor Baptist nor, you know, there's no, there's no denominational tags. Uh, there's no uh, racial difference. Everybody who has received Christ is now a son and daughter of God. Now, we may have doctrinal issues that aren't the same. In those different areas, you know, of, of uh, denominations. But the doctrinal issues are of men. That's what the Bible says. It's the doctrines of men. But the issue of are we born again? Yes. Do we know Jesus? Yes. Are we under the law? No. Because we're saved by faith. And then it goes on and says, and if you are Christ, say I am, then you are Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. Did you get it? Did you get it? You know, sometimes we just have to read the word of God and read it out loud. And then suddenly it's like, why didn't I ever get that before? I mean, it plainly says, it plainly says, but after faith has come, we are no longer under the tutor. It plainly said over here, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. When you read the word of God and it gets into your spirit, it's like, well, then I'm not under that. I'm not under the curse. I'm not subject to the curse. I don't have to live like this. Now you say, well, what difference does that make? What you believe is what you speak. What you speak is what you have. And the church, I believe, lives in a very low level of operating in the fullness of what God has only due to the fact that we don't have revelation of the word of God. I didn't walk in a revelation of this truth for a long time in my life. So every time I would do anything that was wrong or I would make any mistake, I would expect things to be bad because I looked at what I did. And I, 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 you know, as I grew in the Lord, I would repent, but I never understood that I am a person who walks by faith and not by sight. What I do is only subject to what God tells me I should do about it. Not what man says and not what a book says and not what a law says or what somebody else thinks. I'm telling you, this will set you free tonight. There are a lot of people who run away from God and do not stay 
in the fullness of what God has given them because they get back under the law. And I want to tell you tonight, God is saying to us, you are a joint heir because of the blood of Jesus. And that's the only revelation that you need to walk in, that you are a joint heir due to the blood of Jesus. You are Abraham's seed. Amen. Let's stand together. Father, I thank you tonight for your word. And I thank you, Lord, that um, I, w- I want to pray for you tonight because uh, when we get under the law uh, and, and we walk according to the law and not by faith, the Bible says in Romans, the last uh, couple of chapters of Romans, it talks about uh, people getting under the law. Um, and and in, in the process, it finally says anything that's not of faith is sin. Now, that's pretty strong to say if we're, if we're living with a legalistic approach to things or we're making other people live according to our legalistic approach, then we're causing people to sin or that, that belief is causing us to sin. And I want to pray for all of you tonight that there will be a revelation in your life. This is not to say that you sin and there's no problem. Because as believers, we know that when we make a mistake, we all know something happens on the inside of us. How many of you just know there? Is there anybody in here that doesn't know when you do wrong? We'll help you right now. Don't we all know when we know Christ? We know. But does that pull you into the kingdom and toward people of faith? Or does that push you out? If it pushes you away, you are under the law. You are thinking under the law. If it sucks you in and says, come in here, let me help you, you're living by grace. See, God didn't let his son die to exclude you. He had his son die to include you. And nothing ever changes in the word of God. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe there's some of you, would you bow your heads in this room tonight, that have excluded yourselves from some blessings that God has for you. Next week on Wednesday night, we are going to take communion, and we're going to talk about the blessing. We're going to talk about the blessing that you have been set in through faith. But right now, I pray if you're here and you know in your heart, I I think I get under the law. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm walking in the revelation of grace. I'm not sure that I'm, I'm fully embracing everything that I need to have. Jesus supplied for me at Calvary. If that's you, would you lift your hand? You know, there's circumstances, situations that happen that you're not going to be able to control. There's going to be things of your past the enemy will come and accuse you of. And they're going to put you under the law unless you understand that God from the inside just wants to help you get set free. Not to accuse you, not to hold you in a place of bondage. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those who've raised their hand tonight. And I thank you. I thank you that they will get a revelation, uh, not just what we said tonight, but the words that we said in this scripture, that they will read over and over and over again until they become a partaker of what you have provided at Calvary. That they will not live beneath 
beneath what you have already provided through the blood of Jesus. Because you said, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Is free indeed. That means that everything that Christ has, we have. Because we are joint heirs with Christ. And today, there is no lack in heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. The covenant has been secured through his blood. We, it says in Ephesians, have been seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That we are right alongside. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ.